Hey, it's me, Sam. This is my podcast. Thanks for listening. I told y'all I'd be here. It took two weeks. Took me messing up the date, but I we did it. We're here with Jill. Hi, Jill. Hey. Hello. And also with <coughs> Natasha. I was right on her name, folks. I mess up so many things, but I got that right. <laughs> her name is actually Natasha. <laughs> Natasha. She is. I know y'all can't see her. But she is black, and so we're going to get into it. <laughs> I, I didn't lie to you about that. She is. So we're going to get into it. I told y'all we're going to, um, I, you know, I am uh, the master of ignorance, and so I, I was assured by Jill. Now, Jill, if Natasha hates me at the end of this, I blame you because uh, you assured yeah. me that she could, um, she could handle the questions and she could help enlighten us to uh, be less ignorant. So, um, Natasha, can you introduce yourself? Thanks for coming. This is fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sam. Um, yeah, I'm Natasha Simmons, and I'm actually a worship pastor at Me and Dios Church, Seacoast Church. And um, I'm married eight years this year, and I have two boys and a girl. They are 16, 11, and 3. Yeah, oh. exactly. I have an 11-year-old. And she's black. <laughs> yes, that's the key point. I have an 11-year-old, too. So does Jill. Or, what, yours is 12 now, right? 13? Okay, Jill's 12 now, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And how, I saw your picture. How old is your youngest one? Three? Three years old, yeah. Oh, my. Mm-mm. So, are you the lead worship pastor? Yes. At our church, yes. Now, hold on. How are you going to be a lead? Jill told me this before we started, that you don't like gospel music. Okay, help me help me to put two and two together. How are you going to be a lead worship pastor, black, and not like gospel music? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so it is a thing, like, you do get tired of stuff, right? Like, yeah. And so I think I've had enough of it okay. in my okay. lifetime. And so, coming to, I guess, well, we have a definitely mixed congregation, but we sing predominantly white music. Yeah. And so, um, I think, yeah, that's what it is. I just don't have a desire to, to listen to the other music. So, but do you, when you came on as the worship pastor, did they, like, look at you like, okay, yeah, now we're now it's time to sing some black music. Here she goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just don't. <laughs> you let him down. You let him down. I, just, I get other people to come in and do it. Oh, okay. I personally don't. Like Yeah. Like who? Heath. Heath. Oh yeah. my gosh. He sings for Natasha. But he's the, what's funny is, so you know, we've talked about before that our church has the multiple campuses, right? Yeah. So we're in the North Charleston campus, which is super, super unified. We're not saying diverse anymore. We're saying unified. Okay. And he's is the token white. He is. He's it. He is. For us. He is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is funny because sometimes other campuses will ask Natasha to sing and it's reversed. Right. That's true. But he is it. He so draws in the white crowd and the women over 50. <laughs> <laughs> they love him. <laughs> he kills it, <laughs> nice <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> yeah. 
If you don't remember from a couple of episodes ago, episodes ago, Heath is uh, Jill's husband. Apparently, he uh, he identifies with the fifty and older in the uh, black crowd, so that's nice. Um, what? Okay, so your entire worship team then is black, and except for Heath mixed in there yeah. every once in a while. Right, we do have just a sprinkle of. Other. We have like a Venezuelan yeah. um, keyboard player. We do have a couple of white guitar players that we kind of switch off on. And then, but the singers, it's Heath, and then there's another lady hmm. that is white. Did oh, he, yeah. wait a minute, did he sing on our band when we worked camp? Uh, no, the band was already set. I didn't even know he could sing. What the heck? Yeah. Some jack of all trades, isn't he? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, when, he, when he sings with Natasha and another girl, Shanika, he always says, I'm going to sing with my girls today. Yeah. And uh, the Oreo. He's always in the middle. <laughs> he's in the middle. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's my. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So is that your yeah. all, is that your full time job? Yeah. No other. You don't do okay. any other work. You don't have to do any other work. I should say because it seems like the worship pastor job is like kind of hit or miss. You might have to work some somewhere else. You might get to do it full time depending on the size of the church or whatever. Well, true. But for me, I um, yeah, I, I just do that. Very good. Okay, so let's get into the most important topic that we're going to talk about tonight, the one that I, I have all kinds of questions about, and when, I'm, when I say okay. the most important, first off, I, there, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of questions like this that are going to be sprinkled throughout, but is it okay, like even when I was recording the past two episodes, when I was introducing you, when I messed up and was introducing you the wrong date, and then when I got it right and was introducing you for the correct date, I said, um, if you have questions for black, your black friends that you don't want, is it okay to say for black or do you, is it, is it, are we still saying African-American or what, what do we need to, what should we say? I mean, okay. So for me personally, black is fine. African-American is fine. Okay. It's really, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. Because I mean, I'm not always the first thought to, when I say a white friend, I don't always think Caucasian first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Me to say my white friend. Okay. I don't. It's not. Yeah. It's not happening to say black to me. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that's a personal preference? I do. Yeah. So maybe that's the... right. I think asking. Yeah. What would you? What would you prefer for me to call you if I'm, you know, talking about the conversation that we had, my black friend, you know, and yeah. and you want to mention the race of them, you yeah. know. I think we just have to, the more, the more we talk about it, I think the more people will kind of get over it, <clears throat> that, I don't know, stigma of it being right or wrong to say whichever one. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I was actually just reading an article a little while ago while while the kids were kind of running around, we were getting ready to go to bed, and it, it kind of listed the, all these different things about, you know, What's the issue? Why is there still an issue? And the one thing it said at the end is the the person said, you know, what what do what do what does the black community? What does any 
my, I guess, minority community want. And it said, like, genuine connection. And, like, that mm-hmm. was the one thing is just and kind of what you're saying. Like, just have a discussion. Talk. Talk about, you know, what do you want to be called? What, how do you want to be referenced when I talk about you? And, and not just making an assumption on what, yeah. what, you know, if there is an offense or not or anyway. So, um, when we talk about this important topic of hair, okay, yeah. can we get into it? <laughs> I said, when I introduced you two episodes ago, I was like, the one thing that I need to know that I have, I have said this to some other black friends that I have is I've said, I'm jealous that you can change your hair so much. And I've gotten mixed responses. (laughs) Sometimes I get a look like, are you an idiot? This is so hard. And sometimes I get a thank you. Like, you're right. I can change my hair all the time. I mean, what, I don't know. Is that, I, I lit, I genuinely am because if you can see, you see me, my hair is stick straight. Nothing happens with it. I genuinely am really think it's amazing to be able to, I guess, choose different hairstyles and do different things. I can't do anything, but I, well, where do you stand? I mean, what's the, what's the response if I say that? I mean, how do you feel about that? I'm fine with it. I think it's, I mean, it is a cool thing for us to be able to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, we wouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know, like, what what would be offensive about that. So mm-hmm. I, I maybe I just don't get what would be offensive about you saying that you wish you could do that. You know, I think the one, we, I think the girl, up. the one person that I was thinking of, she had been, it was like a 12 hour ordeal of some kind of special brain or something and she just looked at me like you don't even know what I've been through I can't believe you'd say you were jealous of this and I was like I am jealous I'd go through 12 hours to have that cool hairstyle but she was just mad about it because her head hurt and it was all kinds of ordeal and money and everything but I don't know yeah I mean it is it's a it's definitely you have to block a day of time to get your hair done hmm so, yeah. And you don't do your own hair. No. You have it done for you every two weeks. Yeah, right. I don't wash my hair. No, I don't. I love that. Wait I a minute. Only did my hair. Wait, hold on. Back up. You do not wash your own hair? No, I don't. I don't. Oh, tell me about I that. Mean, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's just a lot to do to it to get it to look like I want it to look. So yeah. I just go and get it done. So every two weeks you go and get it done. Now, does it stay the same for those two weeks in between? Pretty much because, okay, so tomorrow, like my appointment is tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And so I'll get it washed and he'll trim it a little bit mm-hmm. and then he'll curl it. But I can maintain the style for the two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah, and we don't have to. Like, we don't have to. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, my head's yeah, spinning well, right now. I guess you guys would. We don't. You I don't mean, I could go two weeks. <laughs> Jill, you, you could. You would. I don't know if you should. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what did you say as, as what we did, we have? What were you saying? It's different? Obviously, there's a lot of differences, but... 
you don't have to you just don't have to wash it. It doesn't it doesn't change the texture or anything. No. And I'm okay, so for me I have relaxed hair. So I am I'm not wearing my natural texture of hair. I go and I get it chemically treated with what we call a relaxer and it straightens it. How long is that how often do you do that? I do that every four weeks. I'll get the new growth done. Which is the yeah, the part that the roots, right. Okay. So can you touch on like how you feel like God kind of woke you up this summer about your uh, hair though? Yeah. I think this is really cool. So when I first met Natasha, she was wearing wigs. Mm-hmm. And we I went away one weekend with her and I was really scared that I was gonna wake up and see like a wig hanging off a chair or something. I, was, <laughs> I didn't know how that worked at night. Uh, <laughs> I was just yeah, like, like, I want wigs where I could be long, and I could be short, and I could be whatever. Yeah. So, <coughs> when I first met her, she had lots of wigs, and then you got braids, and then you yeah. didn't have braids, and then you had... So, but then this summer, what happened? Okay, so this summer, I had braids, and I went on a trip, like, summer, it was summer camp for the kids, and um, I have, I've always wanted to like be more active and you know go in the pool like I learned how to swim when I was 30 and so I waited that long to learn how to swim and it's a hair thing it's like I don't want to get my hair wet because it takes so much time and effort to get it to look like the way I it to look. and so I've been feeling even last I don't know three to four mm-hmm. months like, I am putting so much time, thought, energy into my hair. So I want to do the big chop. And what that is for us is, like, chopping all of our hair. Like, getting a board. Like, if you're going into the military and they cut, chop, chop all your hair off, mm. that kind of thing. just want to grow my natural texture, whatever that is. I've never seen it. I don't know what it is. Without a relaxer. Without the relaxer. And so I got my hair cut off. But I'm still relaxed. And so my next step, which I was going to wait till I chose them. <laughs> we had to freak them out. We have a big women's conference. <laughs> so I think if she got on stage in this big women's conference, right. they'll probably think that something is like I'm sick or something, <laughs> right? Or they don't say, yeah, you're not the type of look that I'm, we're going for. <laughs> so I just oh, I'll wait. But, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut all my hair off. I'm just gonna do it. Okay, so but right now it's I can see it's short, isn't it? Kind of like up at the it's like kind of the yeah. Okay, but so right now, <laughs> yeah, it's short, but you have like a it's straightened where it's not your natural hair. But you're gonna cut it even shorter than that to get your natural yeah. hair in. Yeah. Oh. Because I don't know what my natural texture is like, so it's almost like as short as a baby's bald head. Yeah. And then just allowing it to just grow in its natural state. Uh, that's um, I'm I can't I don't even know what to say. I'm um. So you, when's the last time you think that you had your hair just like just what it is without anything else on it? Oh, I remember specifically at seven getting the glory curl back in the day, like in the eighties. And so I, and I don't remember what my hair looked like before then, before the age of seven. My so it's goodness. always 
something. Yeah. Wow. I have, uh, so basically like my, my system of getting my hair cut every six months is probably not something that you could participate in. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, definitely not. But what about when you go to, when, when you start growing it natural though, you probably could, right? Probably, but I honestly like, I'm, I really love my hair short and yeah. so I would probably just keep it short. Keep it short. Um. Yeah, I'll probably just keep it short. Tell me, I mean, do you really think that people would, if they see, because are we talking like an Afro type style here? Is that what's going to happen, do you think? Probably, yeah. Yeah. But it wouldn't, I think it would be shaped. Yeah. Uh, more, more, I guess, feminine than a man Afro. Okay. Like, it would, it would have a style to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But, but are you, essentially, yes. But are you really thinking, like, I mean, are you joking or are you serious when you say that you think that at a women's conference, if people see you up on stage with an afro, that they're going to think that you're sick or that you're not what they came for? Well, not, well, possibly the afro, yeah, but if I do the big chop where I cut it all off, because mm-hmm. I don't think it would, it wouldn't grow back as fast. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, I honestly think so. I think that's I think that's maybe why we do so much with our hair, like getting the weave. That means like yeah, having something somebody else's hair sewn into ours to look silky long, like your hair, uh-huh. long and straight. Because ours is that's not our natural texture. Right. Ours is curled, like very coarse. Yeah, curled. Like it's yeah. So what so, did you think? What? How did y'all feel about white people giving themselves perms? Could you handle it? Oh, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, because y'all's perms are curly. Right. Their perms are our perms are straight. Yeah. So like, yeah. So I mean, I I never really yeah, it didn't bother me because but I didn't think about it as y'all trying to be like us at all because we're trying to be like y'all getting our hair straightened. Oh so, my goodness! I, I don't know. It's really cool to be in a place where you realize this thing is keeping me from freedom. Yeah, yeah. And from engaging life, and I'm done. I mean, we can apply that. To, I mean, however many areas of our lives, mm-hmm. you know, Sam, you and I could sit down and name five things that are keeping us from freedom. Yeah. And are we willing to do whatever it takes to chop it out, to chop it off, to get rid of it? in order to live in freedom, and I, I don't know, I just think that's a big deal, especially when it's so wrapped up in our identity. Yeah. Our hair is our identity as women. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I mean, even I scripture says that, that it's a crown, and so, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. It is a huge deal, and I've also, you know, you feel like you have to, especially in front of the church singing, yeah. and you have to present yourself in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm tired of it all. I think I, I just want to be free. Honestly, I don't. I just don't want to have a care about it. Like I've talked to my husband, and he's like, "Just do it." Yeah, you know. But I'm the that it's taking step by step, and not just because I could have when I got it cut short, like four weeks ago. I could have just did it then, but I got nervous. I got scared. Oh, okay. well, and I better be able to do chosen. Like, will they want me after they see what I look like? You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things. Man, so those insecurities 
that are you think race like race based so the the foundation is is racial as far as the hair and the and the what are people going to think of me if I look a certain way with this certain type of hair maybe but I mean I'm not taking it like that no. um I just feel like it's just something different mm. coming from me I don't know if it has anything to do with the color of my skin Mm-hmm. But do I believe that people want a certain type of look for a worship leader? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I believe that they have, we're expected to be the best dressed and, you know, to do some. I mean, to care about what we're looking like because we are in front of the people, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is, it is that thing. Huh. Yeah. Well... I wish my hair would do something. I still say it, and I'll say it again. I am jealous, and I wish that I had. I wish that I could do something to my hair, because I do think that it. I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that it is. It is an is like I think that you have that option to say, I'm going to chop my hair down, and I'm going to grow it a completely different way that I haven't seen since I'm I was seven years old. You know, if I chop my hair down to the scalp, it's going to completely grow out straight, just like it's been since I was seven. I'm not, there's nothing new under there. But I think, yeah, that's amazing to have, good for you to come to that point, you know, and and realize that. And I hope, I swear, if somebody gives you any type of side eye or anything, I just met you today, please send me their name so I can track them down. That makes me so mad. That makes me so disgusted to think that there are people in the world who would see someone with a certain kind of hair and have any kind of negative or anything, any kind of opinion about that person because of their hair. I just, it just makes me, makes me so, it makes me rage. Like I want to punch somebody when I hear something like that. It's terrible. And I hope, I hope that you can stick with that decision and not let some idiot or somebody who's ignorant sway you from committing to that. Yeah. Because your your reasoning yeah. behind it is 100%. You know, being able to participate. Do you do kayaking? Are you that kind of, that kind of black? Or what, what are we talking about? I, I, I haven't ever <laughs> even tried to do anything. Oh, well, we have one. Oh, you you're do? about to go yeah. kayaking. I would love to. But I just won't because, okay, I mean, like, we were talking about baptism, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have any black women volunteering or saying that they want to be baptized. And I'm like, it's because of hair. (gasps) And we do do these, like, spontaneous baptisms where it'll, you know, we'll just say, hey, this week, if there's any of you out here who want to get baptized, and one of the, the ladies, the white ladies from another campus said, yeah, we always give our women Bibles, and I said, well, we don't, you know, and I just flippantly said, I don't see a lot of women getting baptized, and Natasha said, it's because they're mm-hmm. here, and one of the other girls on staff has had to run to, like, the Dollar Tree and get a shower cap and come back so a black woman would get baptized, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean that makes sense, because I'm assuming there's some costs associated with that time, and you spent, yeah. So to think, like I just got my hair done on Friday yeah. afternoon, and then now I'm gonna have to get it redone after Sunday. No way. No way. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't want to walk in the rain when I'm straightening my hair, and 
And it only takes me 15 minutes, so. Oh my gosh, you're brat. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, it's fine when the doctor does it. <laughs> I know, I, I used to work with this girl and... <laughs> I used to work with this girl, and we had to go out and do home visits and stuff. And I don't know how she ever really did her job, because she'd be like, nope, I'm not going outside. It's raining. I'm like, Michelle, we got to go. We got to go. She'd be like, uh-uh, I'm not going outside. It's too hot. It's real humid. I can't go outside. <laughs> I don't know how she did her job, because or it'd be snowing. I can't go out. It's snowing. I'm like, you cannot stay up in this building all the time, because <laughs> at some point, you have to go out and do your home visits. But she was kind of caught up in that. And I know, she, I think she probably went you know, once a month or so, and, and would get hers completely straightened out, but, like, I can see, I mean, it, it definitely was restrictive to her, and I've had other friends that are kind of in the same boat. If you have, like, a weave or braids or something like that, are you in the same, is it the same situation to where you can't get into water or be in water? It all depends on what kind it is. Like, okay. when I had the sew-in, which lasts longer, um... And it all depends on what type of hair you get. Um, you can get it wet. Like, if you got braids on, you can get those wet. Okay. Um, but if you had, like, a quick weave where it's glued, no. Okay. You can't get that wet. So, mm-hmm. FYI, before we switch this topic, there is a documentary called Hair. Is it called yeah. Napoli Never Asking? No, oh, no, no, no. About. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that one. Oh, my gosh. So good. Ethan and I were actually on vacation somewhere, and we postponed our dinner reservation because we wanted to finish watching it. But Chris Rock has a whole documentary on hair. Okay. And, like, like kind of the African-American black struggle with hair and, like, where the weeds come from and, like, undercover, like, these, like, Indian sweatshops where these women, like, donate their hair and they leave their families. And I mean, it is. Totally, I so. Well, I should check it out. out. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a new movie on Netflix, Netflix yeah. called Napoli Ever After, and it's yeah. kind of about this girl in her hair. Huh. Yeah, so, I'll tell you um, one thing that I think is so interesting. I'm mean, I'm on a lot of um, groups on a lot of Facebook groups for foster parents, and at least I mean I don't see all of the posts obviously, but at least once a week. There's a post about, I just got this sibling group, or I just got this little girl, or this baby, or whatever it is, who's black, and I'm white, and I don't know what to do. Help me. And I think it's, the one thing that I see that I think is really, really neat is that um, the other black foster moms, they jump right in there, and they tell, and they say, do this, don't do this, buy this product. Take them, don't right. even try, don't even touch it. Take them to a, a hairdresser. And it just right. seems like there's a really big, it's really, they're really super supportive of, of, you know, and I think the good thing is that a, a white person, you know, foster mom acknowledging, like, I don't know what to do with it. Please help. And there is right away, you know, comment after comment after comment saying, you know, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. So, and no judgment, I guess is the thing. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I, no judgment at all. Yeah. Just saying, thank you for saying you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and don't mess it up anymore. Just take it and, right. you know, whatever. Not <laughs> so. what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, Jill, 
Jill had, let's, let's move on here. Jill had, um, sent me some ideas for some topics. And one of the things that we, she mentioned that I'm going to let her kind of get into was talking about Charleston. Um, in particular, if you remember, Jill lives in Charleston and there's been some, obviously some, um, racial tension there with some different events that have gone on. Jill, can you kind of introduce that topic? And then, um, and then Natasha will kind of hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, I think this is when I began to really engage the black community of our church was when um, we in Charleston went through the Walter Scott shooting, which was an innocent black man who was gunned down by a white policeman, and um, the, the Charleston Nine, which was the white gunman that came into a Wednesday night uh, Bible study at um, the AME church downtown and, um, shot nine people and killed them. And, you know, that kind of rocks your community to the core, but then it also leaves you kind of as a white person, like, I don't, I don't know what to say. And, and it's so polarizing <clears throat> because anytime you're, there's someone like law enforcement involved in the Walter Scott and people who are very obviously pro law enforcement we need law enforcement. Right. That's what sets this country apart is that we have law enforcement that works. Um, and so then you see kind of the white people get up and rise up behind the law enforcement and you see the black people <laughs> obviously want justice for what has happened. And I had to start asking questions at that point because I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to stand up for it. I didn't know what my place was, like, do I even have a word in any of this? And so this is when I truly began to kind of engage the black people that we have <clears throat> become friends with over the years and just kind of saying, you know, me as a white person, what do I say? And the most interesting thing that Natasha and I came out of this with was just how differently we teach our children about the police. And I think that was one of the things that struck us. Like, we were both looking at each other like, Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, we were so dumbfounded because, I don't know, you, Sam, we have boys that are the same age. Natasha has us on the same age as ours. We all three have sons that are 11 slash 12. And as Sam and I sit with our boys, you know, if you ever need help, you seek out a policeman. If you're lost, you seek out a policeman. A policeman will help you. Um, If you, you know, if someone hurts you or whatever, a policeman is a safe place to go. And what I discovered in talking to Natasha, that that is not the conversation that she has with her son at all. No. So if, just as an example, if we're at an amusement park and for some reason my son's name is Brian, he gets lost from us, I'm not telling him to run up to a police officer to try to find us. Like, go to the nearest shop you know, and talk with the cashier, because I feel like for for me, I know that um, my experience, my husband's experience is that for some reason, if we are running towards them for help, we are attacking them. Mm-hmm. So I would never tell them to do that. Like, um, they would probably be, you know, on the defense, not running, oh, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I've never instructed my son to seek out a police officer ever in my life. Never. Man. 
Natasha, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. You're making me hate this country. <laughs> Gosh. It honestly makes me, it almost makes me cry. Like, I'm really, it just makes my heart just heavy. I just hate it. I hate that our sons, our three sons, could be in a situation together and need help. And your son, because of the, because of the color of his skin and because of the nation's the 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 state of our nation, could not you know our our uh, Will and, and Charlie couldn't say to your son was it Brian with a B or Ryan I couldn't hear. Brian with a B. Yeah, Brian. You know, couldn't say, "Hey, Brian, you know, run up the street to the police station because if he if he did, he may be like you said." perceived as as attacking or as running you know in, in a in a way that was i just hate that it just is you know i guess that's the thing that, that i said to jill when she sent me these topics was i feel i feel disgusted and i feel so hurt and angry just for that simple thing and i want to hear more about what you have to say but um how, like, how, what do I do with those feelings? How do you want your white friends to respond when I feel that, you know, and I feel re- like frustration and anger for, for your son and for you and for your husband having to experience, have those experiences? I mean, what's, what do, where do we, where should we fall in or what, what's our, what's our, how do we respond? Do we get in there? Do we fight? Do we argue? Do we stand up for you on Facebook? Do we take it on as our argument? Or do we, is it, does that seem like it's too much because it's not our argument? I mean, I feel like a little bit of everything would help. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, I want, I'm letting my friend Jill know what's going on. Just in case, for some reason, our sons are together and something happens. Like, you need to let Will know that there is, it, it may be a treatment. He may get treated better than Ryan. Like, he needs to know that. And I know a lot of people have said to me, like, why do you even teach him that? You, you're still, like, perpetuating the racism. And But I have to prepare my child. Mm. Like, this is life. Like, we're not, there's not a week or a month that has gone by in the year of 2018 that a black man has not gotten shot. And until that stops happening, I'm not, I'm going to continue to tell my son. My son, when he started driving, he will not have to go in the glove compartment to get nothing because his license, registration, and insurance will be right beside him. Hmm. You're not reaching for nothing. Like, no. Yeah. You know, and then we have to make sure that you talk this way and you talk and you be very respectful. I mean, I, there's countless of stories that I can tell you about my husband walking, you know, the straight and narrow with the police officer, and he still gets roughed up. Wow. And has done nothing. You know, get stopped because he ain't turn on a signal like driving out of a gas station. So it's just things that we have to prepare, and I just think that if you know, like I love that Jill does a great job at um, telling people about her experiences, like so, just even having me on tonight yeah. to enlighten someone is great for me. Yeah, because it's real. Like we're living in a world where we are not free. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what it is. We're not free. We're not treated as a human being like everybody else is. You know. And we, I mean, I was talking to, you know, um, Heath and Jill tonight about there was a hip-hop 
concert or whatever, live recording. My husband does music, so he deals with a whole lot of that. And there was a lot of people, they were, they were talking a lot about, you know, racism and slavery and everything. And the person that I was with, she was just asking us, do y'all always, you know, stay in the past? Because we were treated like, not me personally, but our people were treated worse than an animal. Mm-hmm. And so we have we had to come out of so much. and But we still are fighting the battle. Yeah, It might not be me getting somebody to come, but we're still fighting for the right to just be American, just to be human. Because we're not treated the same. Gosh, it's like do you, know, do you feel like do you yeah. feel like you know it, but hearing it from her, it just—I mean, it just breaks yeah. my heart. I know that. I know it. I know that the police see my son at sixteen and see your son at sixteen, especially in my community where, um, I mean, twenty almost twenty years ago, I graduated with only one black guy in my class. I think in my son's middle school, 7th and 8th grade, I don't think there are any black kids at all in his entire 7th and 8th grade classes. I mean, so I can imagine, you know, if our kids are running around together, there's going to be, you know, there's definitely going to be police or whatever. I'm sure we have one police officer in our whole community. So, I mean, (laughs) it might be cool here. but, (laughs) But, I mean, I think... I guess the question I'm at, have you always lived in Charleston? Do you think that this is a heavier issue in the South than it is maybe moving North? I've, um, okay, so I've always lived in the South. North Carolina is where I was born. Um, but I've, I've raised my kids here in the South. I've lived in Philadelphia for a few years when I was younger. But I was so young, I really didn't. No, I know we lived in a black community. I didn't see many white people in our community or at my school. Um, so we were, we were not rich at all. It was probably low income. I'm not really sure if we were on food stamps or any of that. I was just way too young to even know. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's more predominantly here than in the South than in the uh, uh, no, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, look, Sam, our boys aren't super white. No. Well, no, you. And I mean, Will is especially Will. You have to be considered. Yeah, Hispanic. yeah, and sure. yours for sure is. Yeah, yeah, mine's bi- no, mine's definitely biracial. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that will impact them, or if they've just got enough whiteness. <laughs> He, I know, I know, uh, yeah, I know Charlie, he has, um, I remember when he was in kindergarten, there was a little boy, I was walking with him in the hallway, I used to go and volunteer all the time, and he was like, is Charlie black? (laughs) No, are you? And he was like, no, silly, I'm not black, look at my, look at me, I was like, well, I don't know, and he said, uh. He was like, was he Chinese? I said, no, are you Chinese? He was like, no, I'm white. What are you talking about? Like, you know, kids. And, and I don't know, I don't know what it is. Um, I, if, if anything has been said to him or there's been any kind of comments, he hasn't ever, he hasn't told me 
um, he doesn't really, you know, his dad, his biological father is not a part of his life and never has been. So he doesn't really identify in any way, except when it comes to college applications. Am I right? No, he doesn't. (laughs) He doesn't get that scholarship money. (laughs) No, he doesn't really identify as far as culturally or anything like that. Um, as, as biracial or Hispanic. So I don't know if that makes a difference that he doesn't, he doesn't really, it's not a part of, you know, he doesn't really claim it as part of who he is, but I don't think, I think people just think he's super tan. I don't really know if anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you just not stay mad? Are you just mad all the time? Are you angry? (laughs) At the state of our well, country, or, or, or do your, are your kids frustrated, or your husband? I mean, I can't imagine your husband just, no, how, how he's just not stayed mad at that those types of situations. Brian, by the way, Brian and Roderick recorded a song. We did. It's on YouTube, and it talks about the police situation. Yeah, it's called The Talk. And it's, it's just talking about, you know, what we have to tell our son. Okay, you know? yeah. Um, of how to, how to act and how to be and all of those things and how, you know, we're treated. Treat and, like, I know you just asked the question, Sam, but, like, okay. who does start that change? Like, whose responsibility is it? Because you said, you know, well, until this happens, I'm going to keep telling my son about And, you know, people say, you're just perpetuating the issue. But, like, whose responsibility is it to begin that change? Is it... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I think, okay, for instance, I think I think it's happening, like changes are happening because it's coming to light more often than it has been uh, just because of social media and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we don't always get the verdicts that we want at the end of the day with the cops and all of that stuff, but people are recognizing that this is not right. Yeah. And I think it's hard for you to turn a blind eye when it's slapping you in the face every other week. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like you don't think about it because you don't see it and you're not around it, so it's not really happening in the world. Mm-hmm. But now we're kind of face-to-face with it. Um, so I do think that things are changing. Um, are we mad? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more so fearful than mad, though. Mm-hmm. So I live my life with a, a lot of anxiety that I shouldn't have to have yeah. about my kids. Like, so I had my boys are the 11 and the three year old, you know? And so I'm afraid for them. I just am. I mean, I don't know how not to be yeah. at this point. And so my husband is definitely angry. Um, he's one, of, what did I call him? Uh, civil activist or something like that today because he's a, he, he wants that message to be heard. Like, yeah. all his music that he produces is, like, about issues, like, what is, you know, going on in the world, like, and how it's affecting him and his family. He has said, I'm moving us out of this country. Like, he has said that to me mm. um, because just doesn't want to raise, I don't want to raise my boys here, is what he said. Wow. Um, so that's where we're at. Like, we're, we're, and every time something happens, every time it's on the news, you know, saying stupid stuff, it's like it's firing them up again. Mm-hmm. And so, I think God plays a huge part in our lives. 
And that's why we're not, you know, so angry. But we want things to change. Definitely. I don't know how to get, I don't know how to make that happen now. I don't have answers for that. Well, I think part of what... I think part of, you know, our our boys and, and maybe even the, the children of the, the people who listen are going to be the next police officers, government officials, yeah. uh, you know, public service workers, whatever it is. And I think it comes, you know, from where from where I'm sitting and if there's more, I want to know I want to know what else can we can do. But from where I'm sitting as a mom, I think one thing that we can do and I hope that this is helpful maybe not today, but at least for future generations is to teach our children that there, you can't, you cannot function the way that people are continuing to fun that are functioning. Now you cannot treat people the way that people are being treated. That, that there has to be uh, mutual and equal respect. And that, you know, I don't know. I, I know that this isn't okay to say not to see color because I don't think it's, and maybe I would tell me, but is it, it's not right to discount a person's skin color. But I think at the same time, like, Natasha, I see you. I see that you're black. I think your, your, your skin is beautiful. And I think you're a beautiful person, but I don't look at you and say, think you're a black person. I just look at you and see you're a woman and I'm talking to you and you're Jill's friend and I'm meeting you for the first time. And so how can we, to teach our children to see people for people and to not right. not see someone and see someone as a certain color, black or Asian, you know, whatever it is, and treat them a certain way or a different way based on what they see. And that right. that, you know, maybe we, maybe as moms and dads that are listening and, and talking today, maybe we raise up a generation that hopefully we'll, we'll treat each other differently. I'm with that. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah. So how does this, like, this whole per- police brutality and stuff, let's just jump into Colin Kaepernick and the national anthem and all that stuff. Let's talk about it. <clears throat> let's go there. Because I, as a white person, have been able to hear the argument. Oh, okay. You can hear it. There's about three of us, but... I hear <laughs> that this is, has nothing to do with the military. Correct. Has nothing to do with the flag. Correct. But has everything to do with, I'm having a hard time standing for a country that is not protecting me right now. Correct. That's that it. Okay. There's nothing more. And the, the thing that it always jumps over, like people don't harp on and talk about is Colin actually asked a yeah. person in the military what would not what would not like be disrespectful. How do I do this? How, right. How yeah. And he said, I don't mind if you kneel. That's what the that's what the man did. Like so that tells me that he's not trying to disrespect anybody in the military. But let's put this in perspective. When I was growing up my parents never taught me that, what do we do? Pledge of Allegiance, um, national a national anthem, all of these things were important. You were not taught that. No, that is not a thing for our family. 
is it not, not is it not a, you think it's not a thing for all black families or is that just uh, that's just where you came from it wasn't for mine okay. it just wasn't and so i'm not offended from somebody kneeling mm. for i'm just not like it's like why aren't you more upset that at the reason why he has to kneel mm-hmm. than it's doing this song or that song that that to me is more hurtful you really going to have an issue with this man taking a knee, but not with dealing with the problem, the cause of him taking the knee? Are you serious? Yeah. So that's why I'm at with it. Yeah, that makes sense. Natasha is a soft it's talker, but, but get her fired up, and I'm loving it. <laughs> I know. She's really soft-spoken, so when she starts using her hands like this, I'm like, come on, come on. <laughs> um, but I... You know, I'll, I'll tell you, you're right though about it jumping and jumping to being maybe more, maybe not maybe jumping for sure to being more than what it is. I know on uh, <clears throat> I work for a hospice um, agency, and all of our um, uniformed shirt, like collared shirts, were ni- made by Di- Nike. And we are, so it had the Nike symbol, and then underneath it, we're a certified, um, we honor veterans hospice provider. And so we had to stop wearing our uniform shirts because we had veterans that were complaining as we served them. And, the, you know, as a hospice provider, we had veterans that were complaining that our, our shirts were made by Nike. So, but, it, but for what you're saying, and I'll be honest, I got four kids. I caught bits and pieces. I catch as much news as I can. But I, I'm glad to hear you talking about this. And I'm hoping that if there are other people that maybe are not totally educated about what the full issue was, I'm hoping that this helps to clear clear up what the real issue was. Because I really didn't have a total... I thought it was just another, you know, another thing for people to get ramped up about Nike and and all this stuff. And I knew kind of what the what the issue was and why he kneeled and things, but what um, I'm gl- I'm just glad to hear your perspective and hear hear you talk about what the real issues were and, and that he had talked to. A, I didn't know that. I didn't know he had talked to someone in the military. Right. Yeah, because the first time he did it, he sat down. Right. Okay. He sat down the first time, and that you know raised a whole lot of frustration and so that's when he went to the military to this particular man and asked how he should do it and he said kneeling is how we show respect for a fallen soldier for whatever whatever we kneel and and essentially what Colin Kaepernick is trying to do is show respect for his fallen people Right. right for people who've fallen at the hands of police brutality again just not feeling protected by this country. Yeah. And it wasn't, a, yeah. With the land of the free. Go ahead. Right. right. And <laughs> Natasha's shaking her head right now. Like, she's, <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> No, I just think it needs to be honored for what it is. And any other time you see someone kneel, it's, it's respectful. Yeah, it's no, yeah. I mean, when I was proposed to, he knelt. Right. When, you know, I mean, when we pray, we kneel. Like, it's not, it's never, there's never any other time that kneeling is disrespectful, ever. Mm-hmm. Sitting yeah. down, disrespectful. If someone's talking and you sit down, I mean, 
there is ways to interpret just sitting as being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. But I do think, I, I mean, there's several things I think. I do, I don't, oh, sorry. Oh, um, I don't think Colin Kaepernick is the perfect person to exemplify sacrifice. I mean, if, if we need a Nike ad campaign, we can all chalk him up to a great big moneymaker. Because I don't think he sacrifices. Yes, he, he did lose a career, but when you compare true sacrifice to him, like, I don't know. From my perspective, I'm like, yeah, I mean, he did. He did sacrifice his career, but he still has some money in the bank. He still has his family. Yeah. There's people who have sacrificed more. So I think for Nike, that was a great that was awesome. That was well played by Nike. But if we can just get back, I mean, I, I think for a black person and their stance on for police brutality to pit them against a, a Vietnam vet that has the exact same passion for what they went through is a really tough spot to be in. Yeah. Because there's, it's equal. That is equal passion, equal PTSD equal everything. And so if it's misinterpreted as you are directly offending my flag that I risked my life and saw thousands of people die, you know, I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, As someone who was raised by a military father uh, who was not hoopla over the moon about the country. Like, we weren't raised... That country first. We weren't. We were raised God first. Country is important. I will always stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and for the national anthem, but the country hasn't hurt me. I haven't been hurt by it. And I do think that that's something that's opened my eyes, and we just need to hear the argument. You can still disagree with him. True. Mm-hmm. You can stand for the national anthem, but you can't be angry. Right. And I do think most military people today, most guys who are fighting and women fighting, would say, I have fought for his right to be able to kneel. To kneel. Exactly. But, yeah, you can't, you just can't be angry about it. You have to hear it. You just have to hear it. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing in all of this, is it's just time for white people to listen. Just listen. And get past the, the, the slavery thing. Right. It's not really about that anymore. But there's new things that we have to listen to. That's right. We have to continue to listen. Right. Anything else you want to add? Okay, I'm done. Do you have any questions? Yeah, I mean, what do you say? What do you say about people? I've heard these are some of the comments that I'm just that I've heard or that have been on Facebook or that I've seen. I mean, what do you say about people who say I'm not watching this to get your political views. I'm watching this to see you throw around a football. Um, and I and I and I think that that's fine. So turn it on after the um, national anthem is played, and you can watch the football game because that's the only time he's kneeling. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's what's bothering you that he's kneeling during that song. Then yeah, just you know, watch it in about two three minutes after it starts, and you'll be good. Yeah. Continue to do that. Yeah. You can. Yeah. But you you can't take away a person's rights to do whatever they want. Like it's well now it's it's a fine now if they do it. I was gonna say it's not it wasn't against the law to kneel. 
So they're fine. So he lost. You're saying he lost. I knew he lost his. He was like he's no longer with NFL. But if there's a fine now, if they kneel. Yeah, I think so. Wow. What um, what about? I mean, what's what's the black community think about Nike? Was that just a game play for money? Was that a financial th- move, or what was that? What was that all about? I think. For, I mean, for me, I think it was great. I think um, it, it surprised me that such a huge company would back him like that. Like mm-hmm. it shows somebody actually willing to stand up and risk. I guess losing customers, because um, that's what they would be risking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just to get the point across, like this is not—this is really not about disrespecting the military. It's about the injustices that you know we're facing. And so, I love it. I'm—I'm I'm all for it. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I hope that people hear that because I know, I, I mean, my, my brother's in the army and so I'm constantly kind of having these discuss- types of discussions with my dad and, um, you know, and, and I just hope that people can hear and really understand, you know, that like you said, it's not, it's not about disrespecting the military. It's not about disrespecting the flag or the, you know, but it is about saying, you know, this, this song and the lyrics of this song do not apply as they say they do to our entire country you know to all of the people in the in our country and so to kneel in a way of saying you know like a silent almost a silent objection to the fact that you know there's been there's been a a, a, like you said not everyone is free you're not free yeah i hate that i still hate it. it makes me just makes me disgusted but so I know we are kind of already touched on this a little bit. And just to wrap up here, you know, we talked about how, you know, Jill and I and anyone who's listening, you know, can work with our own children. What, I mean, what else can we do? Like if I see, if I see somebody on Instagram or on Facebook post something that I feel like is ignorant, do I jump all over them or do I hang back? Tell me what to do. <laughs> just hang back. I think if, if you're moved to speak, then do it. I, yeah. But I'm a very peaceful person. I just try to show what I want to yeah. be done in the world. Like, I, I treat my friends very well. I raise my friends that way to love people. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't really do well with conflict. <laughs> so I'm not going after it. Like, I'm not going to be in a fight. That's not what I'm going to do. Um, but I will love you, and I will, if someone asks, I will let them know my perspective. And just to be open to more conversations. I mean, just randomly have a conversation with one of your other white friends about what they're thinking. Or did you know, like, I was talking to this black girl named Natasha the other day, and this is what she has to tell her son. Just yeah. to make people aware of what's going on. Like, everybody, it's not PG for everybody in the world right now. No. And People need to know that. Yeah. And so, if you make them more aware, I think it, it will be a better place eventually, I think. I guess for me, and I don't know if, Jill, you felt this way, I just I just have battled feeling like like uh, uh, if I'm silent, then that's a then that's almost like I'm 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 being supportive or that I I'm in agreement. If I don't if I don't speak up and disagree, then then my silence is a 
is a silent agreement and I never wanted it to come across that way but I also I'm kind of the same way I also don't really like to get into social media conflicts or even in-person conflicts with people so I like your style though yeah I also feel like I don't want to do I really do I really have anything to bring to the table like yeah I don't I don't exacerbate an issue because I just you know I just want to make sure I'm being educated and non-ignorant I don't you know just want to come across as kind of know what I'm talking about not just making the problem worse or stirring up one side or the other yeah but I do I do feel like my my place in this has been just to say just find those people that you can ask and I mean, literally, I think my time hop yesterday or the day before was me responding to the to the kneeling thing, and I had texted Natasha and her husband and our youth pastor and the Shanika that we talked about earlier. I had texted all, all of them on a group text, and I had said, "What what am I supposed to feel about this?" Mm-hmm. You know, as a military, and it was a mixed bag. You know, the youth pastor went who is black was saying, I, no, I stand, I, you know, I don't know. And, and Natasha was saying, I, you know, it was, ne- it was never a thing for my family. And, but it was literally, you know, like a year ago, <clears throat> just this week that I was just reaching out. And I tend to do that. If something happens in the news, I just reach out and say, how am I supposed to feel? Mm-hmm. Tell me what you're feeling and how I reconcile that on the other side of this. And, yeah. and this isn't just race. This, no, is, this is sexual orientation. This is, Socioeconomic status, politics, politics. <laughs> you know, I got when yeah, you and you leave, got a mouth earful for me. Yeah, like when when we're electing a president yeah. and we're all sitting kind of stressed dumbfounded. Yeah. <laughs> um, I you know just wanted to know from Natasha, what are what are you feeling? How do you reconcile this? And um, and she came back like angry, just making sure we didn't, you know. I, you did. You were angry. I hear. Because I felt like because of most of, oh, Lord, I hate getting on politics. But <laughs> I felt like most church folks will be voting in a. <laughs> she felt like our church had turned their back on her personally. Yeah. How can I hear him say the things that he says and then, you know. I'm sure people are going to get upset. But the truth is, he is not very great with his tongue. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what side of this you sit on. He is very liberal with the things that he says yeah. and doesn't always think things through, which is like most of us. He just happens to be perfect. So she felt like she was personally attacked. Like, how am I supposed to lead people in worship that have supported a man that directly opposes who I am mm-hmm. as a person? Mm-hmm. And I had never... I would never have thought of that. I mean, I don't have to like his politics or him as a person, but I don't feel like he doesn't like me as a person. Yeah. So I, you know, we obviously had to talk her down off that ledge. This isn't a personal attack <laughs> on you personally. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's those, it's those things that you have to be able to reach out across the aisle to whomever that is and yeah. say, I don't get it. Help me understand. And yeah. I don't have to agree. I don't have to agree. I don't necessarily agree with the, the police thing, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. I understand what she's going through, and I understand why she's teaching her kids the way that she does. But, 
going, well, who's going first? Who's going to, who's going to make this better first? Yeah. I mean, but that's easy for me because my kid's not in danger. Right. Yeah. So. Man. Well, I think the thing too that, that I know for me at least, I mean, I run into when I worked the one job that I had, I definitely worked with more, um, I had more black coworkers and, you know, but I don't now, my kids don't have any contact with any black kids. Like there just isn't a lot of diversity in this area. There's, or whatever you called it. What'd you call it? Unified. Yeah. So the, the root of diversity is divide. Okay. So as a church, we begin to use the word unified as opposed to diversified. So we want to be a unified well, church. Well, that doesn't make sense church. in the sentence that I was saying. So I don't know how to use that in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of white folk up here is I guess what I'm trying to get at. Um, and that's the thing that I think, you know, Whatever you got to do, if you got to go into your work and seek out the one black guy down in the copy room or down in the executive's office or whatever it is, if you got to go to your church and find the run black person so you can ask these questions, if you've got to go, if you, if there's a guy working at the gas station who happens to be black, whatever it is, if you're in a white community like I am, if you're, if you're shoulder to shoulders for the most part is with other white people, you have to find someone and, and that it, that is black. And, and instead of, and I think that's where I see a lot of my, like, I say friends loosely, but like people that I see on social media that I interact with is a lot of these people are just spouting off a lot of opinions. And I'm thinking, have you, like, like this conversation right here, have you had a conversation with someone who is black to get the full other side of the story? Or are you just running your mouth and saying that now you're burning your Nike because this guy hates the military. What are we doing? Come on. So you got it. You got it. Like you just said, build relationships, make connections, find someone to get fully educated, not just from your grandpa who, who hates Nike. Now you got to really get out there and, and really track down someone, someone or call someone or do something to get a full education because I think that's where a lot of the ignorance is coming from, is just this snap decisions, this just just knee jerk reactions to things and instances. And it's when you hear when I hear you as an individual, as someone that I know now, talking about being afraid for your children. I mean, that is like tell say that to somebody who's burning their Nike. <laughs> And and see right. how big of an idiot they are, you know. Like, yeah. there's just some things you just we just have to be more educated, and that's the one thing. That's the one thing I hope that the takeaway is is to just take the time to get educated before you start really spouting off, and take the time to empathize and to just to to realize that this is like you said, this is a real issue. It's not. You're not perpetuating racism. This is just a, this is just the facts of what's going on in our world right now. So, so I don't know, Sam. If you're, are you familiar with the I Am Second movement? Yeah. Okay. So if you go to IamSecond.com, they have um, an interview. I think it's called an unlikely oh unlikely friends. They have they so I Am Second has been known for their white chair 
testimonies and it's usually like people who found Jesus in different ways and how he's changed their life or they, you know, whatever. And they also have this new one called Conversations and they have one called Unlikely Friends and it's a black parole officer maybe and a white guy who was wrapped up in like KKK type stuff and it is awesome just to kind of hear their story and how... And then there's another one called um, An Innocent Man and a Crooked Cop, and it's a black man and a white cop, and this madness, the, the white cop frames him, and they end up, and he ends up going to jail, and um, but they have become, like, best friends, so it's really interesting, but yeah. it all, it's the conversation, it's forgiveness, yeah. it's being able to get beyond yourself and your opinion and how you grew up, and that's both sides, mm-hmm. Um and just being able to say, I have to look at you differently, and I have to forgive you for, you know, yeah. for whatever. Send me, you'll have to send so. me those uh, links, and I'll, and I'll try to include them in the descriptions here on the on the description of this episode. So, well, we've been rolling here for an hour. Natasha, time flies when you're having fun and when you're getting fired up over issues. <laughs> so... I I cannot, like, I cannot say it enough. I mean, Jill's cool and all, but I really, really like you. And I'm so, so thankful that you know Jill and that you were willing to come on and do this. And I, I just, I, I just think it takes a, so much bravery and courage and just, just, I really appreciate your honesty. I mean, I think it, you could have been, it could have been just as easy for you to come on and say everything's cool. We're fine. And, I, and that's obviously not the case. And I'm just really, really appreciate you being honest and being willing to say what's really going on, what's really going on in your family, with your husband, with your kids. And I hope so much that people will hear this and that they will make an honest effort to change the way that they interact with their world and with their um, with their children and teach their children. And that, that, you know, we'll see, like you said, that we really will see change. So. Natasha, you're the coolest. Thank you so much. Come back sometime and we'll talk about something a little less heavy, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You talk about what she wears on a Sunday morning. Oh, my gosh. What what do you – let me ask you this question. How come the women this is this is a closing question, we're done. How come the women that I worked with sometimes and it would be random, they're like, Oh, okay, it's gonna be on Fridays. Nope, next week it's on a Tuesday. How come they would randomly wear full on I'm assuming it's African garb, like head to toe, big hat with the whole uh, I mean what it just cuz? <laughs> Help me. Um, I- I've never worn that, so I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> no help. I, I wish you would, though. I just can't. I mean, I'm not from Africa, though. I've never been. Oh, okay. So, okay. I don't know. I mean, I liked I it. Know. It was nice. Black American. Is that a new term? Black American? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I just was trying to figure it out. I was just trying to figure out, like, if there was some kind of schedule or something that I didn't know about, but... I guess not. <clears throat> anyway. All right. Well, y'all, thanks so much for listening. We're going to wrap it up here, and uh, we'll be back next week. Have a great, great day. Bye.